Uh, also, please remember that this is not an all share meeting, rather it's a question and answer for, for Paul after the reading for today. Uh, for details on Paul's events, his story under arrest and books, those fabulous elusive t-shirts and videos, please visit his website at zenfishsap.com. Uh, in order to get things started, I've selected a reading today from page, uh, Paul, Boy, let's go to page 26, 26 in the big book. So it's page 26, there is a solution. And, um, and we're gonna we're gonna go through that page. So the first paragraph on page 26, it says, a certain American businessman had ability, good sense, and high character. For years he had floundered from one sanitarium to another. He had consulted the best known American psychiatrists. Then he had gone to Europe, placing himself in the care of a celebrated physician, the psychiatrist, Dr. Jung, who prescribed for him. Though, though experience had made him skeptical, he finished his treatment with unusual confidence. His physical and mental condition were unusually good. Above all, he believed he had acquired such a profound knowledge of the inner workings of his mind and its hidden springs that relapse was unthinkable. Nevertheless, he was drunk in a short time. More baffling still, he could give himself no satisfactory explanation for his fall. So he returned to this doctor whom he admired and asked him point blank why he could not recover. He wished above all things to regain self-control. He seemed quite rational and well-balanced with respect to other problems, yet he had no control whatever over alcohol. Why was this? He begged the doctor to tell him the whole truth, and he got it. In the doctor's judgment, he was utterly hopeless. He could never regain his position in society, and he would have to place himself under lock and key or hire a bodyguard if he expected to live long. That was the great physician's opinion. I'm going to stop there, and it, um, it goes on to talk about um, a spiritual experience, but um, kind of what I wanted to have you touch on was the idea of, like, um, you know, the idea of being able to self-control, how self-control is a working for us. But you talk about whatever. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Mike. <clears throat> yeah, welcome. Uh, nice to see everybody. Paul. Uh, yeah, it's confounding if there's a, if you're rooted in a belief that you have self-control and will and power. So from there, everything, all the opposite effects from that seem very confusing and, yeah, frustrating. But basically, the premise is wrong, yeah? So we're taken over by stuff, yeah? Some stuff is more pernicious than others. Some have more of a life than others. And alcoholism is a particular nasty thing that can sort of take over, uh, you know, in the fertile field of obsession with self. Yeah. And basically, people who have been taken over by alcoholism, they tend to show the same traits, end up in the same places. Yeah. Frequently visit a a pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. And the, the troubles and the woes are shared. Yet, 
everyone feels very unique and different and yeah so there's something that's actually common alcoholism and its effects is is clothed in uniqueness yeah so we end up believing no one thinks like we do no one does what we do no one feels like we do and unless you go to start going to meetings and hear other people that have been taken over share what it feels like how they think and what they do you're probably going to have a pretty good case for terminal uniqueness yeah which is going to cause you not to be available to learn anything and and you know and to see a, the solution really yeah so uh obviously the solution seen from the problem doesn't look like a solution for many people yeah it's when you've been beaten hopefully and you've come to a rude awakening that like the idea of service is like a great opportunity not a chore yeah so you see the you see things in a whole different way when you've been beaten into a condition of reasonableness <laughs> yeah <laughs> hopefully and again the beauty of it is uh this is a day at a time thing so if if the head gets overly concerned that this could i'm going to be doing this forever shrink it down to a day at a time yeah and then hopefully if you can't trust your judgment judge others about how you're doing and you're probably doing a lot better than you were a couple of weeks before you entered the program yeah <laughs> so yeah it's a confounding thing only based on the real deception which is the bondage of self yeah if you could see that what you were relying on is failed then you wouldn't be so confused about all the failures yeah you know what i mean the failures would have value because they would reassert the fact that you're relying on a failed system yeah almost as if you're riding a dead horse how many times when you see you've gone nowhere yeah <laughs> and your whipping hasn't caused any movement and then there's a recognition it's dead you know you get up right you get off hopefully <laughs> so a dead horse has value because it's a pretty obvious thing that it ain't taking you anywhere so hopefully you know we're relying on something that's failed any life run on self self-will which is a system yeah a mental program in a way any life run on that self-will will hardly be a success that's something we come to believe hopefully yeah so all these things are presented so you know i was confounded when i would go out looking for a good time and end up in jail and then two days later i would do the same thing and i'd be confounded that i was in jail again yeah it just didn't i wasn't i was out to lunch really i had no idea what was going on <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of ideas, but they were erroneous. Yeah. So, yeah, we're outmatched. Yeah. We need something greater than what we feel is at hand to do for us what we can't do for ourselves, which is to allow us to stay sober a day at a time.
Yeah? Isn't that the situation? So you admit your defeat or whatever, and in that admittance, uh, a source of power is contacted, and now uh, you don't experience powerlessness anymore. You have some power behind things, like when you make a commitment, you show up for it, yeah? When you say you make an amend, you have a faith that, you know what, I'm going to really, I probably won't do what I did to this person, to anyone else, yeah? You know? You got some oomph behind you. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, the thing is, most of the people that I run into and speak with, there's a very, very deep belief in the thoughts, yeah? The thoughts that are coming and directing them and forecasting something and implying others and reinforcing crazy ideas, there's a lot of belief in that. And it's difficult to uh, break the effect of the thoughts if you have great belief in the thoughts, yeah? You basically are going to just be on a level of harm reduction or whatever. But if you can see that at least a lot of the thoughts that are appearing in one's head seem to be could be framed as an alcoholic thought or an addictive thought, at least you can see some of it is not yours. And what happens when you see a thought is not yours? It tends to not to leave such a great mark in your day. Yeah. But your thought can ruin your whole week. So, I mean, just, we'll just keep pounding away at it because, uh, The problem resides in the mind, yeah? So that which compels action, you would say would be in the mind, yeah? That which does the action is the body, let's say, yeah? But what compels the action in most cases of the head, yeah? The problem resides in the head. It's compelling us to do a lot of shit that a lot of us know isn't right, doesn't work, yes? But we are we're in a state of powerlessness to to uh, fight it. We're like dancing with that the gorilla, and we're not going to stop until the gorilla wants to stop. Yeah. So you start seeing that. All right. You start seeing your role in thing in your role in things concerning thoughts. That your role is you believe they're yours. Yeah. Yeah. When you don't believe they're yours, you travel lighter. When you believe they're yours, there's a lot of anxiety. Yes. And excessive worry, usually based on what's not happening, really. So let's look at the solution as as something before mind, yeah? I think it we get free samples a lot of us have had them so we in AA we call it a pause P A U S E where the head stops but you're still there yeah and you're that which is there when the head stops yeah so you are before thought well who's seeing the thoughts who's hearing the thoughts yeah is it a thought that's hearing the thoughts no Thoughts can hear thoughts. 
there's something that hears the thoughts. Yeah? But it's not a thought. What's that? You want to call it a spiritual condition? I believe it's our inherent condition. Yeah, so... I feel this is very important because if you don't see it, you're looking from it, yeah? You're looking from it. And at that point, when you're looking from it, self-knowledge will avail you nothing, yeah? Because the knowledge that you get introduced to will be claimed by self, and self will neuter it. It will change it, yeah? To support its story. So self-knowledge at that point avails you nothing. What would happen if it could be switched and knowledge of self is very valuable? Because maybe you'll come to an understanding, though maybe weak or intellectual, at least it's a beginning, an understanding you're not that. Yes? How are you going to be free from something you're identified as? It's impossible. Yeah? All you can do is think and wish and hope to be free as that which you want freedom from that, yeah? So I feel it's an act of being identified as something that you're not is the root of the problem, yeah? Yeah? Yeah. It resides in the mind, yes. We're not talking about what you did. We're talking about what Kelton compels you to keep doing it, yeah? Yes? What is that? What compels you? What's running you? What's living through you? What's defeating you? Yeah. They give it a term self. What is that? What does that mean? Yeah. Do you believe that you absolutely have nothing to do with it or that you are it? Yeah. I would say we are the light that allows self to shine it in a certain direction. We are the light that self shines in a certain direction. Yeah. You could say it's pointing the flashlight would be obsession with. So basically there's an obsession with self. Yes. That sucks up the light and we get, we go into that rabbit hole. We're up the ass of self. At that point, you better call the divine proctologist. You can't fucking, you know, read yourself out of there. Yeah, you gotta do some service, get a commitment to that kind of stuff. But when you're out of the ass of self, there's other possibilities available. You can see that which is defeating you is not you because that is its, its greatest tool to continue to feed us is our identification as it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. As clear as I can say it, really. I feel that's the root of the problem. How does it look like? Thoughts are held as yours. Feelings are yours. Actions are yours. No matter how possessed you were, when you come out of it, you'll claim to be the doer of all that shit that you were compelled to do by being taken over by something else. Yes? When you get relief from it, you'll give all credit to the higher power, but you do not make any accountability to the lower power. You keep calling everything the lower power did through you, you. I did it. I did all those terrible things, but something else is doing all these beautiful things. 
I don't see it that way. I think there's a something else that it, that compelled all these terrible things, and there's this higher power that's compelling all these incredible things. Yes, <laughs> I mean, give all praise to the higher power. Let's check out the real accountable condition. Yes, you've done your inventories. You made your amends. You wrote, played the role of being responsible for what's happened in your life. Get ready to see something else in there. When you look at your role in things, you're going to see self's role in things. And you're not responsible for self's role in things. You're accountable. Yeah? Accountability doesn't have a huge, huge storage unit for all the guilt and shame that comes from responsibility. Accountability is, yeah, I did something. I'm not going to do it anymore. I made my amends. Let's go. Yeah? Responsibility. I'm definitely going to do it again. I got a mea culpa every fucking day for something happened 35 years ago. Because if I don't, I may do it again. It's totally bondage of self, complete bondage of self. It's playing the jailer, the warden, the inmate. It's incredible. Yeah. Why do you believe, why do you think a lot of people leave our community at the fourth step? I truly believe is the parasite knows if you look at your role in things, you're going to see its role in things. So it doesn't want you to start looking at your role in things. It loves you to look at other people's role in things. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Or your role in things on a very distorted level. But when you finally see your role in things, you'll see self's role in things. You will. Yeah. And hopefully, Self doesn't have an infinite amount of traits, and there is no self but this thing we're using. So it has a finite set of traits that it just reproduces over and over again. Yeah. So looking at you and hearing other alcoholics and addicts, you'll get a pretty good uh, display of the patterns of self and how it defeats us. Yeah. Because they're not they're not very complex. <laughs> They're noticeable. You just do a few names and you'll see a pattern. Yeah. First, you see what does self take them up to be very important? How do you recognize that? Because its manifestations will be around that topic. So let's say it's you're interested in saving your face instead of your ass. Well, then you're going to be very concerned about how other people think of you or whatever. Yes, because when self's running the show, its manifestations are going to appear in that area. So this is how you easily recognize what has defeated you. Yeah. So let's say I know I used to know some girls. They were willing to turn everything over except their body image. That's where all the resentments and all the anxiety was because they wouldn't turn it over. Yes. They wanted to they wanted to run that. They didn't trust something would produce what they wanted to be produced, then all the manifestations coagulated around that. That's how you can recognize self, yes? You, you'd see what, what aspect of your life that self is managing because its manifestations will be all over it, yeah? What are those manifestations? Resentments, fear, harming others to, in the pursuit of what it wants. Basically, it doesn't give a shit. If it can get away with it, it'll try it, yeah? So you recognize it. Why, why keep calling it you? Recognize it 
And if you recognize it and call it you, you haven't recognized it. <laughs> if you do an inventory on the manifestations of self and how they defeated it, you, and then you believe you defeated you, you haven't recognized it. You didn't see it. Yeah. So, self, running the show. What does self take to be important? Check out where its manifestations are. That's what it takes to be important, yeah? Just have a few examples. You're riding on an expensive bike. You start going over the cliff. Why do you try to save yourself or the bike? The bike, usually, yeah? You know, at that point, the bike is seen as more valuable than you. <laughs> I remember I almost broke my neck in the water. I was laying on, on the beach. I hadn't had a thought in a while because I got my head hit and it went, the nervous system stopped. The first thing my head said when it came back, basically it was like, let me die here. I can't afford the ambulance. <laughs> is, this, is this things working for your welfare? Is it really? At moments it reveals itself. It does. It reveals itself. Yeah, you catch it. You catch it with its real naked agenda. It has very little to do your, with your welfare and betterment. <laughs> it's using you for transportation, basically. <laughs> so... <laughs> people run into the fire trying to save something that's worth $500 at the expense of losing their life. <laughs> I mean, don't you think the value system is a little off there? <laughs> Do you want that to manage your life? Do you? Do you want that which forgets a miracle in a half an hour, but any type of feeling of discomfort is the beginning of a lifelong depression? You want that to be running your life? Do you really? Do you want that to be informing you how you were, how you are, how you're going to be all day? Do you? Do you want to have something that doesn't see any real value in you? You've got to earn it. Yeah. You got to earn the value. There's no okayness that's readily available. You got to do something. Yeah. To become okay. Yeah. And then while you're doing it, it changes the fucking, the race, you know? It adds a bigger obstacle, you know, water hole or something. And it's just fucking, you're just slaved. You're enslaved, yeah? I gotta do so much just to feel like, okay, that's insane. Did you have that when you were two years old? Did you actually ever take your mom into your bedroom and say, mom, how am I playing, you know? Wayne looks like he's having a lot more fun playing. What's going on? You know, you were just playing. It was just, there wasn't like any, you know, judgment of it. It was just playing. This is insane, really. It's completely insane. And there's a solution. There's a solution. And I believe you can get a good 
sense of the solution by the relief that you arrive in and arrive at, yeah? It's the relief from the bondage of self. It's sort of like, you know, having a rash and you believe it's psoriasis, but you have made a mistake, it's eczema. So you put a lot of psoriasis ointment and it's not working, so you just keep putting more on it. It's not working, and now you've spent a lot of money, so you're hoping it's working. You're trying to talk yourself into it, it's working, but the rash is spreading. Someone just gives you a possibility. Hey, maybe it's eczema. You get an eczema ointment, you put it on just like you did the other ointment, but you get relief. Yeah, you've gotten the right diagnosis. It wasn't psoriasis, it's eczema. Yeah. We need, uh, we need a clear diagnosis of the exact nature of the wrong, or we'll be looking from it. Yeah, we do. I'm just humbly putting it out. I hope you check it out. I hope you, you know, do an inventory, just a five minute inventory of your resentments and resentments and see which is lighter. Yeah. Instead of ever calling fear yours, just call it fear. It's not yours. Yeah. Once you think it's yours, it has you. <laughs> yeah. Once a resentment is your resentment, it has you. Yeah. So, yep. It's right there. The instructions are in the book, page 64. Yeah. Being convinced self manifested in various ways is what it has defeated us. We are now going to look at its, that looking at its common manifestations is the inventory. Yeah. We're going to look at its common manifestations. The next paragraph is resentment. This is a way of looking at the inventory process, seeing it as self's manifestations, not our manifestations. Give it a go, give it a shot. Do a little sample and see what it feels like. Yeah. I believe you'll travel lighter through a resentment a lot more than you will through my resentment. Yeah. I do. And I think the idea of it's my resentment is a misdiagnosis of the problem. Yeah. It says very clearly self's manifestations has defeated us. I would say we are of us, not of self. Yeah. That's the humble suggestion here. I come, you know, we'll come here till fucking the cows come home every Tuesday and Thursday to put it out there. Because I would love to see you travel lighter. I don't want to fucking be there trying to help you travel lighter. I think this is enough to allow it to happen. Yeah. Just a clear description of the exact nature of the problem. Yes. So you'll keep, stop calling its manifestations as yours. At least start, try it, yeah? Yeah. You don't know how much, maybe you do. What is it in us that makes mountains out of molehills? That's a lot of power. It's a lot of power to be affected by something that's not happening. Let's say by thinking about next week, it ruins my day today. That's power, yeah? Not many things can do that. The dog I have does not ruin its day by thinking of next week. It doesn't, yeah? It's free from all that. 
And in other ways, sometimes you look at the dog and the cat. Look at this here. This cat is really being motivated by a lot of worries right now. Yeah. It's just stricken with tons of worry. You don't know how long it takes it to go to sleep? Like a half a second. <laughs> it can do it any time during the day. It just fucking stretches, looks at me right now. I just disturbed it. And then it goes back. Yes. Us. Us. You find yourself doing something. I can't be doing this. And then, then you find yourself uh, not doing it. I should be doing that. I mean, it's insane, isn't it? Isn't it? You can't win. If I do something, it says I shouldn't have. If I don't do it, I should have. <laughs> it's like getting electrocuted all day, like a little bit of an electrocution. It's like being wrong in a game show every time. Wrong answer. It's insane. So. Yeah. The funny thing is, you know, when it comes through me, I have such certainty about it. I I just assume that you get it, you know. <laughs> I do. It just seems like so simple. Yeah, that it's it came it came through me a long time ago. It did. And I haven't had any other nothing's taken its place for years. Yeah. Nothing said, oh, that was just a temporary view. No. It seems to become, it seems to be the last answer in my experience as this Paul. Yeah. Concerning a very, very uh, influential topic, which is addiction and alcoholism. Yeah. It seemed to have uh, won the day, so to speak. Yeah where I haven't had a strong feeling or a thought about drinking or using or, or tons of other shenanigans for 34 years now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have to fight the thoughts off. I just don't have them, which is awesome, really. Yeah. I don't have to be able to, you know, have a defense against the attack of the thoughts. I don't get attacked. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm cohabitating in a giant field that has thoughts coming through it every once in a while. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, something brought about these effects. Yeah, something has done for me what I couldn't do for myself. Now, when you have something doing for you what you couldn't do for yourself. There's an intimation of it through that process. Yeah, you intimate a sense of what's doing it. I can't picture it. I can't take a picture of it, but I have a f sense feltness about it. Yeah, I couldn't probably explain it well, but I don't feel this. it's necessary to explain it. It just seems so obvious that something has stepped in and is doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Hallelujah. So, yeah, I hope it, I hope, uh, 
at least the words are, are as clear as I can make them, you know. I can't do much better, I don't feel. <laughs> maybe if I levitated or became brilliant light or something, maybe that would get the message across. I don't know. But I, I feel like you'll find out yourself. You're the great convincer, yeah? It's being convinced is really a very important requirement. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Any questions, anyone, Michael? Yeah. Well, I don't see any hands up right now. But um, at this time, I'll ask uh, our, our participants, if you have any questions, please use the raise hand feature and uh, we'll have Paul address the questions. That's a great thing not to have questions. It's great. Yeah. Well, we have Jess. She just came in. She's a brave soul. Come on in, Jess. What do you have? I have questions also. Thank you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, every, everything you said has pretty much kind of, you know, answered any question I could have, I guess. But I did hear you mention before um, that you, you could kind of something about you could see yourself um, potentially getting lost in the different tributaries of uh, anonymous groups. And um, <clears throat> So, um, yeah, I could really see that. I, I've actually basically just come out of a bit of a wormhole of that happening to me. Um, and it was just the, I can see it the same, it's the same thing happening again and again, where it's like, uh, you know, you're not doing this well enough. You're not, um, you know, you're not working the steps right. You're not sponsoring right. You're not doing this and that. And I can see it's the, the same thing or like this isn't the right group for you you need to find this other group and then then there's something wrong with that group and then you know and, and um yeah so anything you have to say about that i would be interested well luckily in my uh, i've lived near cities yeah so there's a more diverse uh uh community so i've always found meetings that have worked very well yeah in my time so i'm fortunate i remember when i lived in a beach community and there would only be me and this other guy sometimes that was a little boring <laughs> and that would motivate me to drive to the city to go to a a more diverse meeting with more than two people so uh yeah i mean i i always always sense of presence in a room of recovery. I'm a real believer in the uh, that loving God expressing itself through our group conscience. I feel a presence at meetings, which I like. Yeah, that sort of I don't get stuck with what people are saying too much. And a lot of times I don't say anything because it, it doesn't it wouldn't be fitting, let's say, for the flow of the meeting. Yeah. And then if I, something comes up, I can say it. Uh, you know, I used to have an experience where I would say stuff and people would love it. And I tell them, well, go to Zen bitch slap and I never hear from them again. Yeah. So it's a weird thing. You could have a, the same message, but with, on, with a different uniform on it, the message isn't seen. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
Uh, I learned a lot of ways of uh, what you are speaks louder than what you say. So a lot of times you don't need to say shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't go in there with guns a-blazing trying to tell them self-manifest in various ways. I mean, yeah. They know where to find me if they want to hear it and stuff. So, yeah. But uh, I don't know exactly what uh, the uh, other people, uh, yeah. You know, AA program is great, but there's people in it. You know, that's the problem. Yeah. People tend to mess up. The problem is there's me in it. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that meeting that made you whatever's happening if you took a commitment there you may feel better different about it yeah Mm -hmm. so stuff like that yeah yeah i can see when i judge them and then admit to like whatever i'm judging about the group or whatever and then i admit to it then i can see that it's me you know it's just my that that there's nothing wrong with the group in the end or whatever but um what is it? Yeah, I just got really, I just got really stuck in like, yeah, maybe actually, can you also just say something about like your experience of sponsoring and, um, cause yeah, I just, I don't know. I do have the experience of you and I, it's helped me so much when you, of um, the thing you say, if you're willing to give it away that you have it. So uh, I have, <laughs> I rest on that a lot um, and that helps me. But um, yeah, sometimes I just, I, I guess I just went into a, 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 a scary place there of thinking I'm not doing this well enough. I'm not doing this right enough. And then I went and found this other sponsor and they were like extremely strict. And I went and did the steps again in t- two weeks. And, you know, I was just taking it to that spiritual yeah. addiction yeah. extreme. Yes. And um yes. Well, that's valuable to see that head because yeah. it's not you. Yeah. 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 It's not you, but this is how you learn by making crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How else? If you know, it's beautiful when life forces it to show its hand. And if you mm. can, when it appears, if you can have an understanding and see it, not as you but as something other than you and then you can bring that to six and seven mm-hmm. and that have to be reconfigured because it's like all the jewelry of the head has gold as the basis you want to melt the jewelry down and not lose the gold so you turn it over to step six and seven and that's what the higher power does it extracts the energy in it and takes out takes away the form that the energy was put in yeah and now that energy will enrich your day instead of enslave your day because the intent Mm. will be different yeah i'm a real believer in steps six and seven because i i believe you know it says this higher this power is going to constantly reveal to us i think what a lot that's revealed is alcoholism yeah (laughs) that's what gets revealed so I have I see value in shit that brings that up out of the weeds because it likes to lay low and almost as if you don't understand uh, that there's like a wet blanket on you. Yeah. But when you can see it play its hand, there's a recognition. 
Yeah. Yeah. Bring it to, bring it to six and seven. But of course, the head's going to do that. If you are doing too little, it will say something. If you're doing too much, it was yes, it goes <laughs> on and on. But you find a balance, just like people find a balance with how many meetings. Yeah. Yeah. You go a week because if they don't go to a certain amount of meetings, they get an edge again to them. You know, just a simple edge, and then it's blunted if they just up their meetings. So you start being able to recognize the balance of being sober and what supports mm. that and what throws it out of whack. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, that's useful. Thank you. But the sponsoring, the way I was taught about it, sponsoring is a verb, yeah? There's no sponsor or sponsee. There's sponsoring, really. Mm. Yeah. Without the sponsoring, there's no sponsor or sponsee. So a lot of people have a sponsor, but there's no sponsoring going on. So it's that's a disguise, really. There's, there's yes, sponsoring <laughs> is, and what it is is really suggestions going one way to the other. The other person hopes will try the suggestions, see if they work. If they don't, go back and more suggestions rooted in the big book will be offered. And if the person tries them, it doesn't work. Maybe find another sponsor. Yeah. But the, mm. the responsibility of the one end of the sponsoring, the sponsee, is to follow the suggestions, just to give it a shot. Yeah. And if they don't, then the sponsor should let them go. Yeah. After a period of time, because it's not helping them to walk around saying they have a sponsor when there's no sponsoring going on. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm a, and of course the sponsoring is it's yeah it's why I believe you you have it by giving it away is because that's my experience. I've heard a lot of wisdom come through me when I was not having a wise day. Yes. Yeah. So, so have I. Yeah. When I when I'm in a certain position, something comes through that won't come through if I'm not in that position. So I believe we have this by giving it away. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's changed a lot of things for me in music and in creative stuff as well. Cause I would often have this idea of everything perfect until I try it, but through sponsoring because I was desperate and I, and I just did follow the suggestions. I realized, yeah, if I try stuff, it, things ha happen yeah so it's been amazing actually so yeah thank you for that yes and then the suggestions get a life of their own and then you'll pass them on to someone else yes yeah mm. the same suggestion someone may hear from you that they wouldn't hear from your sponsor that's the beauty yeah because there's different attractions so like when i first got into aa my judgment of others was would I get high with these people? And most people didn't fall into that category. Seriously. So I wouldn't listen to them. I wouldn't. That's, that was my judgment at first. Would I get high yeah. with this person? If I would get high with them, I may listen to what they suggested. But if they did, fuck it. I'm not listening to this person. And I gradually grew into the spirit of it all. Yeah? I grew into it. At first, I didn't have, I didn't see no value in sponsoring or anything, anybody. The guy who was appointing himself to be my sponsor, 
He was a knucklehead, really. He didn't even. He, didn't, <laughs> he only did a resentment, fear inventory, no sex. He had no idea what was going on. He was just trying to follow suggestions, and I did. And then I realized after a while, here's a guy I can talk to, and I'm feeling better about shit when I talk to him. So I I gravitated to the the benefits of of sponsoring and spot you know sponsor and sponsor. Yeah, I didn't run right into it. It was seriously i was out i really came from out of the in out of the cold it took a while for me to thaw out in AA. thank god i didn't leave and i didn't drink until that started to happen yeah yeah so yes and a lot of times people change sponsors because they're looking for their answer yeah they don't want their answer they want it to be tailor-made for them. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a real believer in not, uh, I think it's a disservice to people to keep them from their bottoms. I do. Yeah. If they want to fucking do whatever, it's the probably the, in a weird way, it's the quicker way because life is the great convincer, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can argue with it, it all you want you're gonna lose so yeah yeah so yeah yeah so that's my uh take on it all yeah right thank now. you very much you're thank welcome you. thank you jess appreciate you uh next up we have judith judith you have a question today hi yeah i'm judith from uk and um thanks so much um i've just been coming recently to your meetings and um it's very helpful because i've been around the program for decades and um and um in the last round of steps went way beyond where i'd ever even known you could go in the steps and and found the mistake the mistake of the nature of the wrongs and 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 um and by total fluke, even though the guy didn't even talk of non-duality or the direct path, or we got there. And um, uh, yeah, so, and it was probably through the gate of seven layers of realization to see clearly, because I I was easily saying, I, I know nothing, I, I am nothing, I don't know anything, I know nothing. I, I don't even know who the fuck I am anymore, I don't know. And I'd been through this weird depth I'd never gone in decades of doing steps and people and sponsoring and being sponsored all that. And um, and, and 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 once I recognized the nothingness, I found the everything. And, and since then has been it's only been a few months, but um, there's an experience of seeing in now instead of seeing out constantly. And um, it. It's a, it's profound and sometimes a bit odd and and sometimes strange, but I see thoughts and they pass like clouds and they're pervaded by the sky and it, it just is so clear compared to where I'd ever come from. I've spent decades being myself, self, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and every version and addictions relieved and then another layer of addictions relieved and and still claiming it and going back into a, yeah all that and. Anyway, the bottom line is, um, so the mind, uh, it feels like it's dissipating now more often, many more glimpses uh, and many, many more experiences of, of just the beingness or the isness of all of it is, is 
clearly <laughs> the experience. And then there's this body. So I wanted to ask you about the body. So I had a ski accident. Some guy careened into me at 25 miles an hour while I was standing still at the side of a piece. And, um, and, and, just disabled a bit of my body just temporarily and I know the body is temporary too like my mind the whole experience but there's something about the body that pulls me into the it's as if through the body the mind pops up again I see thought I can see clearly I do satsang I sit with Rupert and Francis a lot of people and the body pain or the lack, the, 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 I can go to the source, the helplessness, like the greatest fears of helplessness and uselessness. They appear real again. When they haven't appeared real for some months in mind, the body is almost sending sensation of some kind of, yeah, this is real. Well, I, I know obviously I can't pick anything up with my right arm and all that. And can you say something about the body's remembering or the, rec the body when it might actually recognize the truth? I I'm not there yet, you know. Mm. Well, it's not the body, obviously, yeah. The pain is felt in the head, yeah, the brain. You know that, right? Just mm -hmm. physiologically, right. the body, when the elbow's hurting, that's felt in the brain. There's no, yeah. And then people who lose a limb and they have phantom pains, it's all of the brain. But the brain images a lot of stuff at, and the body is its biggest imagery, yeah. So it relies on the body uh, for its story to sound to have some reality, which is your long lasting, independent, separate thing. Yeah. So the body is essential for the story. Yeah. And it's at that, it's always the final exclamation point with pain and shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, right. But basically, the body appears in the mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If in a way, if you wanted an apt description of this place, it's a dreaming, really. So mind is dreaming. Mind is not embodied. It's right. dreaming of bodies. Yes? Right. Yes. And so the body, the mental state, how it's used by the mental state is to reinforce and be the imagery of all the ideas of being the doer, the feeler, the thinker, the haver, the loser, the someone. Yes. yes. And it's an object that can be remembered. It's mm -hmm. an object that can be thought about. So when you're being thought about as this abstract you, you're, you're pictured as a body. So when the head, the head is quite reliant on the body in the storytelling. Yeah. And it's the final judgment. Yeah, this feels as real as real can be, this pain. Just like when I I was surfing and then the knee went out and then it, I was surfing with all these young guys, let's say, and then the next day the knee went out and I'm in a jacuzzi with 70-year-old dudes, 80-year-old dudes. And I'm talking and they're all going through operations and shit. And I'm saying, yeah, I don't want to have an operation. The guy goes, well, pain's the biggest convincer. So 
you'll get enough pain and you'll go with the operation. Yes. So the body is the is the uh, is the period that stops all investigation, so to speak. Yes. About the reality. So you're having one of its old tried and true uh, presentations. Yes. So, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't help with the pain, but it definitely will help with the suffering. Suffering is different. It's an addition. It's injecting time into pain, suffering. Yes. Wow. That's a whole different beast of itself. So, yeah. yeah. And there's ways to see if the pain is like to me, when your head is absorbed in the body condition, just just do something that distracts it. I like I tell people to watch Netflix, you know, watch Bloodline. It's a good show, good writing, and it'll take your attention off of the body and you'll feel a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't meditate. That's for sure. Of course, it's just going to go to the the kneecap or whatever. It's that's called uh, uh, masochism, really. So, yeah. Yeah, just... no, it, it isn't. Yeah, it's not constant pain. It, it's just the lack of ability now, like agility and ability. And yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like I want to, like, there are those moments when I, I'm totally in the, like, I'll get it. I'll get yeah, these, see, those, the. The contracting moments, the contracting moments do not null and void the expansive moments. Right. Right, right, right. The head just uses the contracting moments as a verification of a, of a null and voiding of the expansive moments. It's not yeah. true. It's not true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's almost like since since the awareness occurred on a different in a different say they are different just I can't only word. Yeah, yeah. I've had more challenges physically. I'm 60 now, but it is like I've had more than I've ever pretty much experienced in my whole life, which is the weirdest thing. And I even had a cancer scare and had to have a tongue biopsy. But there, I was not afraid of death. It was like, finally, I understood. I'm, I'm, this is just a temporary moment, temporary existence. It doesn't really exist. There's no other word. And then, then, and then I was doing really well for a long time with all this. Yes, another thing happened, another thing. Then this one, I'm like, all right, already. It's like seven weeks, come on. And then I'm... I, I like what you're saying though. It's just the head is, it's, it's almost, it's the ism. It's the addiction. It's the self that tells me once again, Hey, I am alive. Come over here. Come and play with me. The the head is dualistic. So sometimes it's expanding. Sometimes it's contracting. It's not the cause of the expansions of contractions. This is how this place is, interpreted yes one doesn't negate the other so my having great days isn't nullified by my having a bad day (laughs) right there wasn't a my that had the great days and there isn't a my that has the bad days there's just bad days and great days yes yeah 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 Yeah. both actually the bad days seem to be less forgettable than the great days for some reason (laughs) The head loves to have a bad day <laughs> yeah. because 
Of course, because it uses it to null and void a lot of stuff. Yeah. This is reliance on the head. In many, it's, and you'll just, more will be revealed about that. You'll see the head shenanigans about the head. What happens usually is we call one of the head shenanigans us, and then we say it's Paul about the head. No, it's the head about the head. Mm. It has nothing to do, there's no Paul that's not a product of the head. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. It's, uh, more gets revealed. Than, uh, but the trend is not taking self so seriously. That's basically the trend. Yeah. And on the way, you learn. You learn the, uh, the subtleties of the policeman thief theorem. Yeah. So you recognize one aspect of self and you think that's the thief, but now you're walking around on a beat playing the policeman. And then now you have to be perfect as yeah. a meditator or some insane thing. Mm -hmm. So you see they're both the same, just wearing different uniforms. Yeah. So yeah, there's seeing, and then there's the claiming of seeing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You start at the claiming of seeing. You are the seeing. Mm -hmm. You start, the you that you're not, starts at the claiming of the seeing. Mm -hmm. And now you live as a seer where there isn't one. Right. So there's seeing. Seeing, and then there's the rush of the mental state, claims it, I'm the seer. I'm sitting on this perch seeing, and now once again, you're blind. Yeah, so you recognize it, seeing over, you know, becomes dominant once again. And now hopefully, instead of seeing and then seer, you see the seer. Yeah, yeah. You see that mental activity. And now you don't have to do anything after that. Things will fall where they, they will, but you've now seen something that you used to look from. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're before everything you are. There's nothing that comes before what you are and what I am nothing. So basically that which says it's, it owns this house. You're already in the house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's whole story is bogus from the get go. Yeah. It's when, when it has you forgetting that seemingly, and now you take to be, this idea of you, which is a product that comes after. Mm. A lot of shit can be placed to be before, which isn't true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now you see what you're not in its activities. Yeah. 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 I am not this body. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, Judith. All right. We have a couple more questions here. Paul, we have Connor up next from Dublin. Connor. Connor from Dublin. Hey Paul, how you doing, mate? All right. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I have a very sort of rigid recovery. Okay, in in some in some aspects. Okay. Um, I have the, the person who uh, looks out through the eyes and then the the self. Okay, and I find a lot of the time I don't have any compassion for the the self. Are the activities that the self gets up to. Um, well, who's that that doesn't have any compassion? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like no, I really. look at, who's that who yeah. doesn't have any compassion? It's not you. Okay. 
yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't save myself. You know what I mean? I ended up in a coma and, uh, you know, I wouldn't save myself. And I, uh, I see a lot of addiction where I work and, and where I live. And uh, so few people get it. I get sort of disheartened a bit, really, you know, get recovery that I, um, I, um, I, I, I have to take a step back, you know? Um, yeah. That sounds like from, compassion to me. Well, <laughs> I have to put up a front of a, of a tough guy, you know what I mean? That I'm not really, um, to protect myself in the world that I live in, uh, the world that I, you know, I don't live on the side of a mountain alone, you know? I, I have to sort of fit into this world and, and, and play a part that I don't actually feel that I am. Well, I know that I'm not, you know what I mean? But to survive in the world that I, that I, uh, that I live in, I sort of have to act like a, a hard man or whatever. Um, I portray myself as, as something that I'm not. But I find I've, um, I've very uh, little compassion for, for, um, for all the addiction that I see around me, you know? And, um, but reality, you know, I mean, that could be me, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know where I'm going with all this. Um, yeah, I just, I'm, 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 I'm uh, I don't know, I'm disjointed or something in, in some way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's good you're taking the opportunity to share, Connor. We'd like to see you here. Yeah. So yeah. this stuff is what you feel like and all this and that. Well, bring that over to that power and let it, you know, highlight what needs to be highlighted. You may be highlighting the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. But I still have to keep playing this part to survive in the world that I live in, you know? Well, um, no one's saying you have to stop, but, you know, they yeah. it may... It may have an expiration date, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some days I get disillusioned with the whole thing, you know? Like, you know, yeah, yeah. with when I see addiction getting worse around me and things, you know? But, yes. um, yeah, I find I've, I've less and less uh, compassion. And uh, yeah, I it annoys me because I know that could be me, you know? You know, yeah. I'm just really lucky that I, uh, that I that I am where I am today, you know? That I've that I found a recovery a program of recovery, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be great if, that if, feels, if that feels like a discomfort, then you know, just do have a little gratitude, like you're sharing now. Just yeah. but do it, do it as as an insert during your day. Hey, yeah, yeah? and remember where to be used. Yeah, we're like a tool that something is using. And this something is the higher power. Yeah. We don't know what its plan is. And so, yeah. and I don't see compassion as only one way. I think there's great compassion in letting people have their bottoms also. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I had to pull a knife and a pair of addicts the other recently. Okay. And uh, I bet they didn't expect that, you know what I mean? <laughs> they kind of thought that they were calling the shots, you know what I mean? And uh, you know, they don't they don't know me, they don't know, don't know, don't know anything about me, don't know my past, don't know anything, you know. Um and I got away with it, you know, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. Um 
Can you say the beginning of that? I didn't, I heard, didn't hear the first thing that made the whole sentence meaningful. Uh, in my, in, in, in my job, I, uh, yeah. I had to pull a knife on a, on a pair of addicts. Oh, um, yeah. and, uh, I said, I think they weren't expecting that, you know, <laughs> they weren't, you know, um, you know, um, they thought they were calling the shots and I was actually not, not letting them call the shots on that particular day. It was out of fear. I was full of fear, but I was willing to use the knife, you know, cause I was full of fear, you know, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I just get, yeah, it sort of makes me, yeah. Uh, harder or less compassionate you know what i mean um yeah 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 it's a role that i don't want to have to play every day you know <laughs> you work yeah. with you work with addicts no i don't but there's i i work in 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 quite a quite a um there's a lot of drug addiction around where i work yeah yeah hmm. yeah hmm. Well, I hope you, I hope you use this opportunity, kind of here, to share with us. Yeah, just yeah. in just in the sharing of it, I think there's relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for your time. It's uh, it's great listening to you all, all the time. It's great listening to you. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm happy thanks. you've stepped in, bro. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you're lucky, right? I'm happy you stepped in. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, I could go on with something. I come from an Irish family, yeah, and from yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> this, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. I'm happy. Thanks, uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Thank you for sharing that, Connor. I appreciate you. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah. All right, Brian, thank you for being patient and uh, you're up next. I thank you so much. Grateful to be here. Um, my question is, um, I'm grateful to have heard uh, earlier because I was curious about that. Um, you said playing the role of the person being responsible. And immediately I was like, okay. And then I was wondering for an amend, um, I don't want to use the word reward, but is, is that, that process so rewarding because it'll free your mind up from all those past experiences where it would, your mind would have the opportunity to replay that and take you back into self or maybe shame or, um, you know, just that sticky situation. Now is the participant likely also playing a role Do both people get freedom because of the humility or is it, is it, um, is that the higher powers role in that process? Um, I'm just wondering if, if the role is being played, is the reward, um, with the lack of a better word, the, the, the ability for the mind to then no longer have that grasp, do you think that that's fundamentally sort of what the best part of that process is? Well, I think it, that's its intent. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what it is for the other person, but... I think the intent is, is to look at something, let's say the past is a giant uh, storage of things, yeah? To look at the, the past in a different light. Right. 
by showing up and making amends instead of avoiding things at all costs, yeah? And this is perhaps the better way to deal with the past. Yeah, yeah. And I felt the, probably the most effect, immediate effect of the, of the steps was the ninth step. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because, uh, you know, when you, I just, I used to use this example and I'll use it now. When I was out there, I lived in an area called North Beach of San Francisco near the end. And in North Beach, of course, I was living at some girl's apartment. I didn't have a job. I was just dealing drugs on a very small level. And I would go to a marketplace called Rossi's Market, and I would steal stuff from there, like a couple uh, big, big boys, cans of beer and like a flat piece of meat, like steak or something. Mm. I had a long overcoat, wear it, go in there, steal it every day, pretty much never got caught. I get sober and uh, I start going to a meeting in North Beach that I really like. And San Francisco is very difficult with parking, you know, incredible. And North Beach, Beach is one of the worst. So when I was driving around North Beach looking for a parking space, I'd never go down the street where Rossi's market was. Yeah. I just didn't want to be reminded. I did well all week without it. But when I went to North Beach, I had was a reminder of a lot of shit I didn't want to deal with. So I would just avoid it, avoid it. Then one day I realized, fuck it. And I went into Rossi's market. And I asked uh, where the manager is. He was upstairs. I went in there and I told him, hey, I'm in a program recovery. I used to live in the neighborhood. I used to steal from here. And here's like 55 bucks. I don't know how much I stole. The guy was sort of flabbergasted, took the money and I left. Yeah. And I never thought of Rossi's market again. Right. Exactly. So that's sort of what I feel the spirit of this thing is. one way, of dealing with it, one way of dealing with it gives it life. Another way of dealing with it, right, restores life back to the present moment. They're very different, usually. So that's what I feel about the amend process. Even though you're temporarily playing the role of responsibility, responsible. Well, at that point, I was completely playing the role of responsibility. Yeah, I thought I had done it. It was okay. later during the years that I saw, uh, I intellectually knew the idea of something had taken me over, but it hadn't really rooted well enough, though I had a strong experience doing one amend that no guilt or shame came up. I got a free te- uh, sample and then I, it went, it further developed as I went on. But at that point, no, I was my first year sober and I was thinking I did all that shit <laughs> completely. And it was scary for me to deal with it, you know. But again, at that point, it was more not scary, but it was I just grace had appeared and I had some propulsion, you know, I was into it. And I did all I followed suggestions and I did the steps and uh, I got a huge amount of relief. And not only that, I got a, a. It's it's a design for living. I got a new design for living, you know, 
And that new design brought out the best in me, where the old design brought out the worst in me. <laughs> so it was a pretty big upgrade. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yes, so I feel that's, uh, I think the willingness is the most important aspect, you know? Like, I'm willing to be a help. And a lot of times people used to call me at one in the morning and I was willing to put my pants on and go. And then I get a call five minutes later. Oh, we dealt with it. So I got all the cred, all the credibility, but I didn't have to do anything. So, but it was the willingness to do it that I think has a lot of power. Yeah. So prior to the non-dual, it's a very beautiful part of recovery. I guess that's what I'm trying to. Yeah. Oh, totally. Because, uh, that's it works for us because like if before when i was out there if my right arm was bleeding i would just look left you know i just fucking you know if i thought i'd i upset somebody i'd move out of state or something it was just insane fucking out of proportion solutions that were insane so uh, <laughs> luckily you know I got struck sober, so that basis of being sober allowed a, like a an overhaul of a of a, a living ex, experience. Yeah, it allowed the sobriety allowed the overhaul to occur. Yeah, yeah, because my idea of dealing with old old shit was to make new shit. So when I got sober, I stopped making new shit so I could deal with the old shit finally. <laughs> I did. That's how it worked for me. It did. I wasn't doing fucking terror. I wasn't doing what I used to do. And therefore I got the balls to look at what I had done finally and tell the truth about it. Yeah. It was awesome, man. I remember one story, this one, this was very incredible. I was looking at a car to buy from some people in AA. I took it down to this town called Santa Cruz. And there's a mountain road to get back towards San Francisco. And my plane hydro, my plane hydroplane, my, my car. And so I and of course, time just slowed down. I was twiddling my thumbs, waiting to see what was going to happen when I hit the, the, you know, the guardrail. But I was facing the wrong way and all these cars were coming. And some of them were hitting the guardrail and banging a little. And I decided, I, as soon as I got the car started, my, I wanted just to take off because I could see a sign. I caused tons of fucking damage. <laughs> Maybe someone died. I just want to split. But AA had me mm-hmm. and I didn't. I pulled over into the rest area. The cops came. All the, Some of the cars stopped. The cop came. It was building up to the big crescendo. He asked, does anyone want to do anything? Everyone said no. He looked under my car, their cars. Okay, you can go. <laughs> and nothing happened. The big crescendo never occurred. I had never waited around to see if it would occur or not. I just took it to be definitely a great crescendo and run. But no, I stayed there. Yeah, I took responsibility and fucking nothing happened. I drove home. I was going to take, get, turn off the next exit, hide in a garage for a few hours or something. I swear. It was the, the, the urge was strong, but the force was stronger, you know. The grace had me stay. 
that was a you and I had a little voice recorder and I recorded it. I said, I can't fucking believe what just happened. I stayed around and nothing happened. I used to run and I had tons of court dates. <laughs> it was awesome. So yeah, there were some major breakthroughs in sobriety breaking the old pattern of the way of life. I learned about non-duality and more shit hit me around step seven years or so. Okay. Seven to nine years, a lot of shit downloaded, yeah. But the first years were just fucking, you know, getting a new way of life. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Uh, okay, Paul, we're, we're all done. All right, great, great. Uh, very happy. Nice to meet you, Brian. Nice to uh, everyone. Let's say goodbye to everyone. Brian, Michael, Stacy, thank you for the service. We got Jesse from Ireland. People from Ireland stepped in today. Jess coming in. Connor, fantastic. Nice to finally meet Kana in some way. Yes. There you go. We got Maria. We got Joseph, Mickey, Walter, Carl, Van from Vancouver. It's pretty nice. Van from Vancouver. We got Roman. Not Roman from Rome. No, Roman from Germany. We got Rob from Kentucky. There he is. He doesn't let us forget it. He has Kentucky on his shirt right there. We got Jack G. He's in someone's garage in uh, Cape Cod. Judith, nice. Thank you for your share, Judith. Yes. Oliver from Berlin. Amy, always nice to see Amy. Seattle. Uh, Vegas, something. I don't know, somebody. Al. Grateful Dave. Johnny R. Uh, you know, we're going to be coming back east to the East Coast in June. On the June 23rd, we'll be doing some stuff at this place called in Dover, New Jersey. Then I'm going to go all over Philly and stuff like that. So we'll tell you when we start setting it up. All right. And tomorrow is a day off, so to speak. And then Saturday, we have a meeting one o'clock live in Marin City in lovely Northern California and on Zoom at once. So, hey, thank you for everything. It's always a pleasure to spend time with all of us. And uh, yeah, see you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, 